Hi, and welcome to the Drawing Inspiration Podcast. I am your host, Mike Henley. Episode 14, Final Inktober Reflection and Building a Creative Plan for 2020. So I wanted to thank you again for listening and uh, for those who are sending me messages and providing uh, words of encouragement. And it's so uh, wonderful to hear that uh, so many of you listen and enjoy this podcast every couple of weeks to find it uh, helpful, motivational, inspirational, just helping you along your journey and in becoming a uh, an artist or becoming a better artist. And I think that's fantastic. So uh, thank you. I will uh, continue doing this as long as I can. And uh, I do enjoy it. I feel like it's, it's helped me in uh, becoming a better artist, understanding how others think, how others work, forces me to do some research for every show. And so I appreciate this opportunity. I thank you all for uh, following along and, and for being there and, and for listening and providing the feedback when you can. I, I really enjoy that. If there are things that you want me to delve into in future shows, just send me a note. You can do that uh, through the contact information at the end of the show. I will try and slot it into a future episode. For this episode, it's just you and I. But in future, I think you're going to be pretty excited about uh, the people that are going to be coming on to talk about what they've done, what they are doing. I'm pretty excited. So uh, I hope you stick around and continue listening to uh, the podcast every uh, two weeks. So thanks again. So I thought it would be a good opportunity to just finish up on Inktober. Uh, obviously, I've spent uh, a few uh, episodes on this, but Inktober is quite a, it's quite a big challenge. And uh, I found it, I think, harder this year than last year. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. But I wanted to kind of go through some of my, uh, my I guess, uh, works from the 21st of October to the 31st of October. And just go through them quickly and... You can see these links in the show notes. Um, if you miss them through Instagram or on my website, uh, you can find them uh, through the show notes. So the first thing I wanted to, I guess, touch on was the uh, treasure, which was a small mouse sitting inside a flower. Uh, you'll see that uh, as I go through the rest of the month that uh, mice uh, played a big role in many of the works that I did. Uh, this was treasure, so I decided to put a little pirate's hat on him. Uh, I'm trying to look at, uh, you know, characters that I may use in something in the future. So I've been kind of playing around with little animals. Um, I find them kind of fun. So that was a, a fairly short, fairly quick one. And it was followed then by Ghost on the 22nd, which was um, really a ghost, uh, basically a mouse dressed in a ghost uh, costume standing behind a larger mouse who's dressed as a pirate. So uh, once again, playing along with, uh, with mice and, uh, you know, Halloween. So I think one of my... You know, when you come to the 23rd, Ancient was the prompt. I really liked doing that one. I wanted to kind of explore this kind of prehistoric sea or ocean. And uh, I threw in some characters or some uh, animals, some dinosaurs that uh, may have not all lived at the same point in time. But I just wanted to inject them into this. And uh, it was fun. I, uh, I played with a large dark background. I used some uh, white as well as black uh, digital brushes. Once again, a reminder that I did all these in Procreate on the iPad. And uh, I, I really like this. I liked that uh, I was going to do a Nautilus, which is a, um, a sea creature, which has a really kind of interesting shell. I was going to do that for a previous uh, day, but I, I did not. And so I thought it would be 
interesting to kind of fold that in here so it's uh, sitting off to the left. So I, I really like this one. The, the kind of subtle suggestion that there's a massive shark coming on uh, was kind of cool and kind of fun. So the next was uh, Dizzy on the 24th. And so I did not know what to do with this. Um, I ended up doing some uh, turtles kind of spinning another turtle around and uh, a mouse sitting on its belly and everybody kind of having fun and uh, being dizzy about the whole thing. So it's it's one of those days where it's like, I just need to get something out. And uh, so this is what I ended up doing. Yeah, it was fun. You know, there's a few days like this and I'll talk about a couple more as we get uh, deeper into October. But, you know, where you just have to get something out and get something done and move on. And uh, that's part of what October is, is just drawing, just keep drawing. So Tasty was, uh, for me, was fairly straightforward. The idea of having a robin standing on top of an apple with a uh, a nice tasty worm inside, that was fairly simple. It was, uh, I was trying to play with a bit more shading. I was very quick on this one. I think it was half an hour or something. It was very, very quick. And you can see that if you look at the detail with uh, my lines and uh, some of the uh, the shading. So very, very quick. So the 26th was dark. And... I had this idea, and it didn't come out as I had hoped, but I'm still okay with it. My thought was to have uh, somebody under the covers kind of scared of the dark, worried about everything in their room. And sometimes when you do that, especially as a young kid, you start to see things that aren't there. And uh, so I started to fold some of that in. So if you look closely, you can see some interesting faces in the curtains. And, you know, there's somebody at the door. We don't know who that is. And uh, the house coat that is hanging on the chair maybe has some action to it. There's also some claw marks on the bedpost. And there's also a surprise under the uh, the bed as well. It was kind of fun. I, you know, and this idea that the the, um, the spider that's actually hanging upside down on the window is, is projecting its shadow onto the floor. So once again, playing with dark, throwing some white brush on top of that and uh, seeing where it would take me. So uh, that was... Uh, that was fun. I, I like th- kind of th- playing around a little bit more rather than just um, focusing on black or gray ink on white. So next was uh, coat. When I saw coat, this was my first thought. This idea that uh, mice would uh, dress up as a human in a coat. And so there's a total of uh, four mice in here that are uh, up at a cache trying to buy some uh, cheese. For those of you who caught it, the total is the same uh, day as the month. So the total is 1027. Some frustration with the cashier because uh, the mice are using a uh, a similar kind of, uh, you know, glasses, kind of the Groucho Marx mustache and big nose and that kind of stuff, which is what uh, the cashier has. So uh, I thought that was kind of fun. Anyways, I uh, this was good. Once again, mice playing into it. You know, once you get that in your head, it's uh, it's hard to shake it free. So, so on the 29th, I was injured and um, I really like drawing the frogs way back earlier in in the month. So I thought play with this idea of, of uh, two frogs out for a walk. Um, the parent is uh, injured, so I don't know how old this could be a grandparent. I kind of suggested that with a bit of wrinkles on its lips, but the idea that it has an injury, uh, some signatures on the cast, and they're just going for a walk. So uh, I, I don't know where this came from. I think just because I enjoyed doing the frogs earlier in the month that I wanted to do something about a frog again. So uh, once again, good fun. I think. Uh, I liked pushing this a bit further. I think I could have done a better job on the frogs, but, uh, you know, once again, getting it done, getting it out there, injured was, uh, it was good. So on the 28th was Ride, and I do not know where this came from. I started drawing the, 
or thinking about drawing the uh, animal from the uh, never-ending story, and I can't recall the name right now, but I'll put it in the show notes. I, I don't know. I got past the muzzle, and everything else just uh, went somewhere else. So I don't know. It's this idea of, of a flying uh, animal, some kind of rider. The suggestion is it may be humanoid of some sort, but I don't know what I was thinking necessarily. I, I thought maybe of a different race, different planet, obviously, with the the background. And, um, you know, some random tattoos on the animal itself, suggesting that there is some kind of tribe or organization to this. So, um, yeah, I don't know what I was doing here. Uh, you know, I, uh, I'm not sure it makes sense for such a heavy animal to be able to fly, but the suggestion is the wings could be quite wide. So, anyways, it was, uh, once again, the idea of exploring and doing something a little bit different. Now, the, the 30th, I think, was the, the one that received my, the most feedback um, anywhere I posted it, and that was the sea turtle that is caught up in a bit of uh, human trash and a few other animals in the background, uh, you know, so some suggestion of other garbage on the seafloor, on the ocean floor. Once again, I played with this a little bit, a little bit of gray, you know, the idea of reflections on the ground, all of this once again being super quick, this idea of, you know, the surface of the water uh, having its reflections and, and manipulating the light as well. But I really, uh, I really like this one. I think I may revisit this with uh, actual ink on paper, and I may use some toned gray. So I think I may do this again, maybe slightly differently, but I think I'm going to try this again with uh, physical ink and some white as well and see how that goes. I really, uh, you know, sometimes it just clicks. You draw something and you think, this is pretty good. I'm I'm liking this one. So happy with the 30th, and it was catch. So the idea that um, the sea turtle is caught in some of this human waste is uh, was my kind of commentary on... uh, on the world as it stands, which is a bit sad, but, you know, it brings attention to it. So the final was ripe. I'm not happy with this, uh, with this word, with this prompt. Um, I felt it could have been a stronger ending. And for me, ripe was, you know, a lot of people did bananas uh, or fruit, but it's hard to draw when you're dealing with black or white ink to, to suggest something as ripe, because typically ripe suggests that the, the color is now, you know, a green banana goes to yellow, a green tomato goes to red. So uh, I went with the idea of ripe cheese and uh, this idea that uh, one mouse, once again, (laughs) mice, uh, delivering cheese to another, a cat nearby being so disgusted with the smell that it scrunches up its face. And so that was kind of funny because I was doing that uh, in a coffee shop and I was trying to scrunch my face to get a sense of what a scrunched kind of cat face may look like. So slightly embarrassing, but uh, fun nonetheless. So, And that was the end of Inktober. So what did I think of Inktober overall? Well, I enjoyed it. I think that it moved me ahead. I mean, I really tried to get into the community a little bit more, connecting with others through Instagram and through Facebook posts, and uh, making sure to comment and like, and and to be engaged with what other people are drawing and some of their creative ideas. And I really uh, thought it was a great experience. It was so interesting to see what some of the prompts did for people and how they pushed them in, in different directions. And um, I was also excited to see, you know, Bernoid, you know, Joe uh, Brown, who was on a previous episode and what she did in that final piece. And even with Jake Parker himself, or he had that large image that he worked on, which was a series of characters. That idea, I think, is something I may explore next year, but I'll, I'll talk about that in a sec. I think that, you know, even if you did one or two or three or four days, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's a success. Uh, I think there were so many people that were, 
you know, got 10 days into it, uh, 15, 20 days into it, and they just couldn't do it anymore. And they feel like they failed. And that's not what this is about. And I've talked about that in previous episodes, but, you know, this isn't, you know, we didn't win anything for the people that did 31. There was no winning at the end. But for me, having drawn that much over that short period of time, I feel like I'm better at the end of it. I feel like I can draw and get my ideas and pulling them out of the paper. And that's the way I kind of see it as I'm lifting what I see out of the paper. In this case, it was a digital canvas, but it's one and the same for me. This idea of lifting something out becomes a little bit easier. And so I've done a few sketches since uh, the end of October, and I still feel like I've, I've learned something, this idea of kind of refining what I'm thinking, the creativity, that kind of forced creativity day to day. I came away feeling like, you know, I, I'm better at what I'm doing. And so that my comment with that is, if you didn't have a chance to do anything, maybe you didn't do October at all, is to, to maybe take from that, that this idea of drawing on a regular basis, even through November and December, maybe when you've got family around over, over the holidays, and just taking that opportunity to sit and draw and sketch, and don't treat it as a serious work, just think about, I'm going to spend an hour, maybe half an hour, maybe two hours, and I'm going to just work on something and move on. Try think about a prompt in your head. Think about an animal and a fruit, or think about a location, or whatever the case. Try and challenge yourself a little bit. So even if you're a painter, spend that time to do some sketches. Uh, it could just be with pencil. It doesn't have to be ink. I'm not suggesting ink. But I do think there's some value in kind of working with your ideas, trying to be creative, trying to be fun, and enjoy the experience. Enjoy that moment that you have to be able to put your ideas on paper. There's no one else that can do what you do. So just keep doing it. I do think this was a harder year. There were many more challenging words that kind of left me uh, wandering a little bit. And um, I do think it was harder for me this year than last year. I think going digital was certainly very helpful as it was last year because I, I was able to carry this iPad around to be a bit more mobile. I'm not sure what I'm going to do next year. I think that we could probably do more to support one another through this process. I think this idea of, of reaching out and just, and people did it with me and I did it with others. I think doing more of that and supporting everyone as they try and, and build and draw and be creative and just being there for them and encouraging them to move forward and um, to not give up on, on just taking something and doing it on a regular basis. I think that was um, the lesson out of this is if you can't do it now, maybe do it in November, maybe do it in December, maybe do it once a week. Um, it doesn't really matter. So what am I going to do for 2020? I don't know yet. I am really compelled by this idea of a large piece that is a compilation of 31 different ideas. I may not even do the actual prompt list, so I may have a theme. And I really like that idea of weaving it into one large image. And for that to be my Inktober, I really... So I'll be thinking about that for the next 11 months, trying to um, consider what I would do as a matter of a theme. But I, I'm probably going to do that, I think, at this point. You know, we'll see what happens in a year. And I'm probably going to go with physical media, just because I can then lay it out on a large piece. Now, that being said, who knows? I may do digital. <laughs> but uh, I think my feeling is I want to do something physical this time. Once again, challenging myself as opposed to doing digital three years in a row, I may do a uh, physical link in the next year and see see where that brings me. So it will limit me. It'll be a bit more challenging to do the kind of the white on black, but uh, we'll see. 
So uh, I'm going to put some thought into it as we move through the year and uh, get closer to uh, September 1st when Jake releases the prompts and whether I consider using them or not. So having finished Inktober, I've started playing with my uh, ink pens. I've got a couple of sailor pens. These are really cheap. Um, I shouldn't say cheap. They're inexpensive. They're about $15, $10-$15 on Amazon. They have the Fude nibs, which is kind of an angled nib. I have one that's at 40 degrees and the other one at 45 degrees. I do prefer the 40. I think that the 55 I find a little bit too hard to use. But the advantage with this is you can go really, like, almost three widths. You've got a really tiny, like, extra fine. You can go then with maybe something more like a medium and then something a little bit much fatter um, when you lay the, uh, the Fude nib so that it's um, parallel to the, uh, to the paper. And I've, um, I've been kind of holding off a little bit because I was using the ink that came with them. So they come with cartridges inside the pen but it's not a waterproof ink. And so my intent with these sailors is to use them for my urban sketching. So I wanted to move away from, obviously, a water-based ink and move to something that was waterproof. So I bought a container of carbon ink, and I've been waiting for these converters I ordered from Japan. And it's taken, I'd like to say, two months for them to get here, if not uh, a little bit more. So I finally received them. I've inked up the 40 degree, which is the blue uh, sailor with the carbon ink, and it's been really good so far. I'm going to try and play with it a little bit more. I think this will be my urban sketching pen until I consider trying something else. I'm trying to get a flex nib, so I I don't know where I'm going to, I don't know where I'm going to go with that yet. There's a few options out there. I've heard from a few people about other pens that are coming, and so I am thinking about uh, what I want to play with next. I, I really like the idea of a flex nib because then I can go from extra fine to really kind of a fat line very easily, very quickly. I assume I've never used a flex nib before, um, but I want to make sure that I get something that's quite uh, usable, reliable, has a decent, because we're using a lot of ink and something like that to make sure that it has a good uh, reservoir as a matter of holding enough ink. And uh, so we'll see. I'm going to, and if you know of any, let me know. If you know of a good Flex Nib fountain pen, let me know, and I'd love to try one out. So I've also been using the Kuretake, I think it's K-U-R-E-T-A-K-E, brush pens. And so I've been actually using one, which is the medium bristle. It's, uh, you'll see the packages. This one has a purple kind of badge um, on the actual packaging. And it's the only one of the, br- of the pans that's actually a brush pan. And it is my favorite uh, brush pan. I've tried a bunch of others. I really like this because the, the, um, it's got actual bristles. And they really stand up straight. They really keep their edge. I've talked about them before. Uh, this really is my favorite brush pen. I can get such a fine line on it. I'm still working on that kind of pressure because I don't usually draw with these kinds of things, but I really, really enjoy these uh, these brush pens. And the other thing I just bought is some uh, Micron brush- brushes. So these are the um, the ones that are in colors. I think there's seven or eight colors. I'll provide a link. But uh, my idea is to maybe play with some of these colors and see how that comes out in uh, doing some of these ink drawings. So we'll see where that goes. I um, I did a couple, of, I did a quick drawing of a, uh, a cardinal today, and maybe I'll include a link to that. And it's not done, but the idea of playing with these, I also used uh, one of the Jelly Roll white um, kind of uh, ballpoint pens in there as well. Uh, 
to try and add a bit of uh, uh, reflection of uh, light to the uh, the cardinal. So once again, this is really just a sketch, but just playing with this um, these uh, these new micron brushes uh, in these different colors has been kind of uh, kind of fun. So what I wanted to talk about today, uh, just coming from Inktober, Inktober is kind of funny, right? Because you're working on these pieces, you're thinking about what you're doing today, maybe half of thought about what's tomorrow. You're trying to get these pieces done, you post it, and you can't even, you don't really have a chance to even sit and think about it too much before you have to move on to the next one. So I got to the end of, of Inktober, and you know, you, you're elated because you did it. Whatever amount you did for Inktober, it's done, and you did your job. So you're happy about that. And then it's it's almost like you're you're coming down off the high and you're thinking, well, now what am I going to do? So I thought it would be good maybe to talk about planning for 2020. We have the holiday season coming up and uh, Black Friday and, and all of this stuff that's going to keep us so, so busy. So I thought it would be a really good time of year for everyone maybe to put a little bit of thought into what do you want to do in 2020? And so I'm going to talk through it a little bit. You may have a plan already. You may not be interested in planning at all. But I thought I would just talk it through. And if one of these points hits for you, great. And I think that going into 2020 as a creative with a plan is really going to help you to get to the next level. And sometimes we don't know what that level is. But this, is ca- this causes you to kind of put some thought into what you may do. So I think by creating this plan, it forces you to take that journey you're on seriously. I, I think that a lot of people look at this the idea of, of drawing or creating or painting as, you know, a hobby and it's just something you do for fun. And a lot of us do it for fun and that's okay. But with a lot of us as a hobby, you think, you know, I, I want to up my game. I may not want to sell what I want to do or what I produce, but I, I want to get better at it. So how do you do that? I thought it would be good to talk about a plan because it helps to kind of solidify that. It, it, it validates that journey you're on to be able to say, I'm serious about this and I want to be able to take this to the next level. And it also forces you to think about why are you doing this? Why are you drawing right now? Why are you painting? Is it for fun? Is it for fame? (laughs) Or is it for fortune? Or maybe it's for mental health. I know a lot of people do this because it's a way to, to deal with anxiety and depression. And so for me, there is a mental health component. There is this idea that when I'm drawing, creating, painting, it, it helps to level me out. It, it helps to, it, it clarifies the world for me. It, it really brings things into focus. And so when I draw, if I'm given a half an hour or an hour or two hours to draw, I'm a different person at the end of that. And I really uh, crave that. And I, I really notice that, especially over Inktober. So you may be doing it for your own reason. And I think regardless as to whether it's fun or you want to make money at it, having a plan means that you can have some success, some endpoint to be able to say, I've moved from this point to that point and I am better and uh, I'm better than I was. And maybe that is the, maybe that is the, um, the little bit of the, the hump that you have to get over to get to the next level. And uh, so it, it happens even with, you know, we'll use an example here. My daughters uh, take piano. And there's sometimes where they just struggle so hard. And, you know, they're at a quite high level now, but they struggle at, you know, over their whole journey, but really hard at some point, right? And I, I know nothing about music, so I'm not even going to reference anything about pianos. But in, in doing that, they, 
they get up to these really steep slopes and they've got to get over that level and get past that point in time. And it's not just getting past one of the grades, but it's just at a certain point, their mind and that lesson, they're just not compatible. They're not working together. And then they were able to get past it. And if it's all of a sudden, if it's there's, you could see this kind of growth that happens after that. It's like, I get it now. It all comes together. And I want all of us to have that, especially for you, that if you're looking at making yourself, if, if you want to be a better artist, if you want to move forward, let's get to that point, right? Let's get to that point where you think, ah, I know now what I want to do, or I know now what I don't want to do, or what I want to try. And uh, I think having a plan helps us achieve that. So when you think about a plan, what do you hope to achieve? And do you want to have your art in a gallery? Do you want to have it in a book on holiday cards? Or maybe there's someone special in your life and you know maybe the end point is I want to make something for them. And so I think that is that's helpful. It's helpful to have that endpoint in time to be able to say, this is what I, if I can get really good, I, I'd like to do this. And we all will have something. And as I said, it may be in a gallery. It, it could be in a book. Maybe you want to do a children's book. Maybe you just want to make holiday cards. But it's just having that bit at the end to be able to say that if, if I get really good, there's this one thing or two things or three things that I'd like to be able to do. And then once you have that kind of those thoughts in mind um, and write them down, you know, visualize them, make them real, put them down on paper. Maybe you don't use paper. <laughs> type them into your into your uh, computer or type them into your iPad um, or into your phone and just make them real. Lay them down as characters in front of you and say, this is where I want to be. This is what I hope to achieve. The next step then is, is how do you get there? What resources do you need? Do you have everything you need right now to get to that point? So we've got to consider a few things here. Time. Do you have enough time to get where you want to be in a year. And if you don't, what adjustments do you need to make? Maybe you need to adjust what you do during the day or during the week to free up some more time. Or maybe you need to bring back those goals that you're trying to achieve to a point that you think you can make it. Because I know that, you know, when my kids were really, really young, the idea of doing a lot of art, man, that was, that would have been (laughs) so hard. Uh, I didn't really start drawing until quite late and quite late in in their development as well. And the idea of doing this when they were quite young, it just, it would have been impossible for me. And so having that time to devote to these goals that you have. The next is tools. Do you have all the tools that you need? And it may be that you don't have a good creating environment. Maybe you need a better uh, table and a better experience for that. Maybe you need a devoted space just for yourself. Maybe you need um, some additional paper or pens or, you know, brushes or paint or whatever the case. But I think being able to say this, these are your tools and this is the place where I create. If that's what you need to do, then you've got to identify that as a resource you need to be able to move uh, to the next level. So the next thing is training. Do you have everything that you need in your mind to be able to translate that into what you want to create? Do you know enough about graphite or about charcoal, watercolor, oil to be able to create what you want to create? And, you know, whether you need to go and take some additional courses, um, you know, I, I we had Anna Bucciarelli on a few episodes ago talking about her uh, courses through uh, Skillshare, and she's released a, a few more. She's done one on YouTube. I'll include links to all of these so you can see some of that. That's around watercolor and obviously um, 
And Miriam Tilson also had uh, some course material through Strathmore as well. So do you have enough training? Do you need to go take a workshop? So I did a course, my only workshop I've ever done was in graphite. And that was fantastic. I learned a lot over three days. And so do you need to take a course? And uh, do you need to kind of take those rough edges of what you're doing? And we all have them. And 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 smooth them out and form it into something that you think you're going to be more comfortable with. And the thing is, you may not know what you need to know, and that's okay. So talk to some artists, talk to some local artists, and maybe explore this idea of either doing online training or going to an actual school and maybe taking you know a full semestered uh, program or maybe just taking a workshop over a weekend. But do you have the training you need to get where you want to be in a year? And the final point with that is team. And by team, I mean, do you have people around you that can support you as you go through this? And I think the team may be friends, it could be family, it could be other artists, but leveraging that relationship and sharing your goals with them to say, this is where I want to be in a year. Will you be there for me? Will you support me? Will you validate that what I'm trying to do is real? And, uh, you know, when I'm fighting against it, are you going to be there for me when I need to be able to push myself forward? And I think involving them in what you're trying to achieve, if you want to do that, if you choose to do that, can be really powerful. And so it's looking at the people around you to say, you know, uh, this is where I'm going to go. This is how I'm going to do it. I, I really like you to be part of this. So I think there's a, a real value in being able to look at, you know, your family, your friends, other artists, and be able to get them engaged and be able to get to that point with you. And, you know, as part of the podcast, this is what I'm hoping to do too. I'd like to be able to, to be there now and at that end point for your journey. And, you know, in the next year to be able to say, wow, I'm a better artist because of this, this, and this. So I do encourage you to, um, to take that on, to talk to friends, to uh, reach out to me, know that people are around you, know that when you get down that there's someone there that's going to be able to say, you know what, you're doing great and provide some actual feedback and be able to say, you know, come on, we can do this, move it forward, let's go. And I think there's, um, it's just rallying that group around you initially is so much easier than when you're staring at a blank canvas and thinking, I can't do this anymore. So I think that, um, you know, thinking about that in advance is helpful. This kind of idea of planning your team. Um, is, is a really good thing. So I think when you're looking into 2020, what are you doing as a matter of goals? And when you're setting those goals, and I talked about earlier about a gallery of book, holiday cards, whatever the case, is making sure that they're achievable. Like you have to be realistic with yourself because you need to come out of this with, with success, right? This isn't a, and it may be part of a business plan, but you need to ensure that you have those goals in reach because if you do not and you get to the end of the year, it, it's, it's so hard. I mean, it really hurts that you didn't get to where you thought you would be. If you don't do, and I'll talk about checkpoints later on, if you don't get to where you plan to be, maybe your goals were too, were too far. And I think that you've got to be realistic in setting those goals. The other point is maybe set at least one and Kickstarter campaigns talk about this a lot, but setting a stretch goal. If everything lines up and everything's perfect, what is that really far goal that you think you could reach? What is it that you can get to that you think that may be impossible, but you're going to call it a stretch goal because you know what? It 
probably won't happen, but man, it's good to have that one goal that's beyond it. So think about it that way. Think about what is that one goal that you're going to have. It may be that I want to be in an art gallery, right? I want to have my art displayed for others to see. Maybe that's a really far, you know, maybe a really deep kind of stretch goal for you. Uh, it may be that you want to be published in some way, but find that one stretch goal and treat it as that's because if you don't make it, it's okay. It was a stretch goal. So have at least one. You may have a couple, but think about it that way. Look at these goals and consider at least one of them to be a stretch goal. And so when you look at goals, I would, you know, focus on some firm goals. Um, so in 2018, I wanted to draw something every month and I was successful in that. And I did actually quite a bit more than that. And, you know, it could be that you want to sketch once a week or you want to take a course. Those are really firm, very, very specific goals. And you may want to go softer as well. Um, so you need to have this balance to be able to say, I'm going to do this number of things, or I'm going to take this one thing like a course. The, the kind of the softer goals may be, I want to just get better at drawing. And it's hard to measure that, but it is good to have those kind of softer goals in play. Being able to say that, you know, you're more comfortable with sharing your work, whether it's just with a close group of friends or through social media, that you're more comfortable in opening yourself up to criticism, being able to take some of that feedback. And that's really hard, but I do encourage you to reach out and get feedback, whether you go to a local artist meetup, if you don't want to do it with a bunch of people you don't know through Instagram or Facebook, but being able to reach out to that, to that small artist group and be able to say, this is what I drew. What do you think of it? And you will find your people and you will get that feedback. And I think it will be so valuable to you. And I think that that is a bit of a softer goal, but that is one of those things that you can say, oh, this is what I want to achieve by the end of 2020. Now, like any plan, once you lay this all out, make sure that you check in with yourself on a regular basis. And so it may be every week, at the very minimum every month, to look at where you are. Where are you at this point in time? Are you on track? You know, maybe forgive yourself for a month because you were traveling, work got busy, whatever the case, it's okay. And the whole point in the checkpoint too is that your goals may change. Something may happen. Our life gets busy. And you need to know that you know, maybe there's an illness in the family that really impacted you when you're unavailable three months, four months, five months. That doesn't mean you're a bad artist. That doesn't mean you're a bad planner. It just means that you need to readjust and you need to be able to do that and walk away from it because you know what? The art's going to be there when you're ready for it. So make sure that you forgive yourself with that and adjust those goals if you need to. But doing those checkpoints and looking at that list and saying, am I on track? Am I doing what I need to do? And don't stress yourself out. Don't get anxious about it. But just think, am I still on track for this? Just continue kind of chipping at it and getting through uh, 2020. Now, one of the things I did last year for the first time was I created a theme for myself. And so my idea with this theme was I wanted to have a word for both personal and kind of doing this art stuff that I'm doing and for work that would help me to identify, to help me to focus. When I come up to, with a decision, I need to be able to have this word in my head to think, is this leading towards where I want it to be? Now, when I was, you know, I still think this, like if I come up with it, if I'm faced with a decision, this or that, I always think what's going to be the best story. And typically that works out okay. And you know, you've got your gut instinct on things. But with the theme, it made it more real for me. And so, and I'll tell you what my theme was for 2019. I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, but my theme for 2019 was emergence. And so my thinking with that is I wanted to take this art that I enjoyed and I wanted to emerge by the end of the year as an artist, as what I feel 
that I would identify myself as being an artist. And I wanted to do that in a few ways. And so, so this idea of doing a podcast and being able to learn and share at the same time. And so this fell into what I felt was emergence in trying to, uh, in emerging as a, uh, as a creative, as a better artist. And so I've made some other decisions around that. I've, I sold a piece of work this year. I, uh, th- there's a few other things that I have in play that I think will happen before the end of the year as well. So once again, focusing on this idea of emergence, I spent last year kind of planning things and thinking through ideas and looking at approaches. And this year was my emergence and I deal a lot with <laughs> drawing butterflies. So I'm connecting myself to that. I'm still considering my theme for next year. I'm looking at uh, a few things. I think that once I find out what that is um, and kind of hammer that down, I will share it with you. I don't think I'm going to, you know, there's no point in keeping it a secret, but I will share what my theme will be for next year. And um, I don't think I'm going to go through and share my goals necessarily, but I'll talk through it before the end of the year. The reason I wanted to talk about this now was to kind of give you that opportunity to think through it and attack this early on rather than getting to the point of Black Friday, holidays, resolutions, and then it's like, uh, never mind, I'll do it next year. So I wanted uh, all of us to have this kind of conversation in our heads about where we're going to go with this. Um, let's, let's see what we can do in 2020, and I think we can do some awesome stuff. Uh, and I know you've got it in you. I know that um, the potential is there, and I'm so excited to see what could happen in a year. And I'm, I still hope to be do, here, still doing the podcast, and to be able to come back and say, wow, look at what you've done in the last year. And I love seeing all your work. I follow so many of you, and I've seen the progression. And being able to, as I say, look back in here and see, wow, look at, look at where you've come, or look to the point that you've come to, it's, um, that's pretty exciting. So I'm, uh, I'm encouraged. And uh, I saw it even through October and following a few of you, looking from, you know, the beginning to the end. And some of you have really solid themes and, um, and some really interesting and captivating pieces. And some of them were just so simple. Like, I, I spent way too much time on some of them. And, uh, you know, when I look at some others, it's like, wow, just a few line strokes. And it was just a, either very funny or very compelling. And so um, I'm excited to see where you're going to be in a year from now. So just before I, uh, <laughs> off on a tangent there, share your plans with others. I talked about that a little bit, but this idea that, you know, if you can take those plans and you share it with your family or your friends, whatever the case, and say, this is, you don't have to share the details, but just say, this is where I'm going to be in a year from now. Maybe what you tell them is less detailed than what you plan. Maybe you want to keep your cards close. That's okay. But, you know, having other people, it, it, kind of holds you accountable to yourself and to them to be able to say, you know, if they come to you in March and say, how's it going with your plan? And it kind of holds you a little bit accountable with that. So if you choose to do that, that's an interesting approach. I don't think everyone's going to do that. But if you can, it is a good way to kind of keep yourself on track and keep that conversation going. So I hope this was helpful. I think that in so many ways, we're, you know, especially in business, we're always focused on business plans and strategic plans and operational plans, and all these plans, right? And we try and do it with our lives a little bit, but we don't do it around creativity. And I think if we can just do that and focus on where we want to be, it becomes easy. This is not, I'm just going to say this is not hard. This doesn't have to be hard. If you enjoy what you're doing, you'll get to that point. It's a matter of just identifying those goals and, you know, we can get there. We can be better artists by the end of 2020 and beyond. And so, 
keep that thought in play. And you'll hear over the next few episodes when I have these other guests come on, we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. We're going to touch on that for 2020. And I want you to be thinking in your head, what do I want to challenge myself with in 2020? What do I want to do differently? What what, what do I want to do better? Where do I need to be with this? I encourage you to take on that challenge and, and let's do this. Let's get through 2020 and let's be a better artist by the end of it. So homework's fairly straightforward this time. (laughs) So what I want you to do is reflect on what you've achieved for this year. For 2019, what have you done? Where have you gotten to? And think about the work that you started earlier in the year and what you're doing right now, regardless as to whether you did October or not. Think about what you've achieved. Don't look at the negative. Don't look, don't think, oh, I wish I did October. Don't worry about October. Don't worry about any of that. Look at the look at the positive. Where have you gotten since January? And I'm sure you can find some success in what you've done. And you may find lots. You you probably maybe you had a fantastic year, and that's great. I would even look back to 2018. Uh, 2019 may have been a challenge for you. Maybe you did something really great in 2018. Look at that and think about the success you had in 2018. Life gets busy, and don't sell yourself short over what you achieved two years ago. You know, you can do that again. And maybe 2019 wasn't your year, but I think 2020 could be. And so look at the last two years and see what you've done. Use that to kind of build your plan for 2020. And spend that time writing them down, whether it's on paper, in that beautiful journal you may have, or, you know, on your iPad, your phone, or your computer, whatever the case, write the ideas down. Make them real. Put them in front of you. Don't keep it in your head. Put them down. If you have a little, if you're using, let's say, Apple Notes or something, just put down bullet points and come back to it in a week and the week after that. And just think about these ideas that you have and put them down on paper, uh, put them in your, your iPhone, whatever the case. But put those ideas down and then circle back to those, uh, you know, before January 1 and try and formulate these ideas for yourself and try and think about that theme, right? Think about what is it? What word inspires you? What do you think is going to connect everything you want to be? And it could be personal and business. Think about that word. Think about what your theme would be. And think about that for 2020. So I recommend you listen to Cortex. It's a great podcast. And they talk about building this idea of a theme. And I know they're going to be covering that over the next uh, period of time. You can look in, in previous podcasts and how they did it as well. And if you want to dig deeper, you definitely can do that. But just really think about a theme for yourself. And try and play with a few words and put those down as well and and try and think about where do you want to be at the end of 2020. You know, I think we're going to be so much better at what we do in a year's time if we just keep working a little bit each day, each week, each month. And uh, this is going to be great. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So if you enjoyed this episode, please help others find the show by sharing it or rate and review it through the platform of your choice. If you're using iTunes, uh, you can do it right through that, um, Spotify, whatever the case. Just it, it exposes it to others. It, uh, it helps the show become more uh, available to, uh, to other people through the algorithm. So I really appreciate all of you who've done that, and it does uh, make a difference in uh, making it more discoverable for people who are looking for this kind of show. So the show notes, including links to everything I discuss, can be found at drawinginspiration.fm slash 14. You can find links to all my social media accounts at drawinginspiration.fm, including my Instagram, which is Mike underscore Hendley. I post all my work and works in progress there. Thanks once again for joining me this week and keep drawing. 
theme music for this podcast is Acid Jazz, provided by Kevin McLeod. 